0: How we doing, Kingdom City Church? Everybody good today? Come on. If you got anything to praise God about, why don't you let Him know how grateful you are for our amazing Heavenly Father, our sacrificial Savior, Jesus. What an amazing opportunity we have to worship His name this morning. You're looking good today. Everyone feeling good? Awesome. Love you guys very, very much. Come on, let's welcome the plaza right now as we're linking up. We love you. Thank you for showing up today worshiping with your heart and giving God your best. Everybody online, we love you. And the men of Lansing Correctional, we love you guys so much, you're awesome. We believe in you and we're honored to get to bring the word to you today. You guys can grab your seats. I'm not supposed to come up here and give more announcements. It's like a faux pas in in your message, it slows you down. But I just wanna let you know how important it is for me Um, that you know the high priority it is to be at the Parenting Summit next Saturday. Um, We all got tons going on. Saturday is Kids Sports Day. Um, My son Graham, um, he's got two games, uh, which I think are more important to me than to him because we're undefeated and I'm one of the coaches, but we're making a priority. We're going to be here at God's house. It's just one weekend. It's just a few hours that could radically transform the way you lead your children. So moms and dads, let's make sure we are here. There's just a few spots left. If the $35 is a hang-up for you, you holler at us and we will take care of you. We'll figure it out, okay? We'll work with you because we just wanna raise up a church from one generation to the next. that keeps growing, keeps moving forward. We talk about we're building a 100-year-old church. We're a 100-year-old church in the making. We have to be generational to do that. So it's a one-weekend investment that could radically transform your home and the hearts of your kids and help them become everything God's called to be. How many think that sounds like a great idea? Come on, amen? Hey, we're gonna continue our season of sermons. We call it Kingdom Come, and um, it's pretty amazing. All the times, I've actually lost track of how many weeks we've done this. I think it's like seven. Um, God's perfect number, who would have known? Um, because every time Jesus opens his mouth to share something of significance, more often than not, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this is what God's plan is like this is the way God works and Jesus tells us that we're to seek the kingdom above all else it's the highest priority in the life of a son and daughter of God is kingdom first it's not church only but it's kingdom first and so if he's telling us what the kingdom is like, we need to tune in and we need to learn and today we're gonna look at one I'm warning you it's intense can we handle it are you sure you will be challenged today Uh, I think you might have to grow today. It is going to be a good day to dig into God's Word. It's a battle. We're going to battle with this passage today, just like we're going to battle with the Bills later today. And when things get grim, be the Grim Reaper. Okay. Only the real ones got that. All right, let's pray, and then we're going to jump into the Word. Would you join me in prayer? Come on, applause online, everybody. Lansing, let's pray. God, prepare our hearts for what you've prepared for us. Speak. We're ready to hear, not just to hear, but obey. Help us put into practice your principles, your ways, your truth, all by your grace. But we've showed up today to to hear from you, to hear from heaven, so we can experience more of heaven here on earth. Lord, I think we are building people that bring heaven to earth, that in our marriages and in the raising of our kids and in our work and in our neighborhoods, that more of heaven is showing up because you've planted on the inside of us. You're growing us, you're maturing us. So come, Holy Spirit, and speak. We're ready to listen, and we're ready to get to work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, brace yourself. Matthew chapter 22, Matthew 22. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables. He tells stories and said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his his son, which is exactly what I am doing for my children, by the way. And and it says that he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding but they were not willing to show up. They were not willing to come. So again, he sent out more servants. He gave them another chance. He says, tell those that are invited to see what I have prepared for them. It's an amazing dinner. It's the full spread. It's got oxen and fatted calf has been killed. It's gonna be a great meal. And we got all the things ready for them to come to the wedding. But those that didn't show up the first time, the second time they made light of the request. They made light of it. They didn't think it was worthy of their time. And they just went on their way. One to his own farm and another to business, taking care of his business. And so he got invited. They did not show up. The second time around, they just blew it off and went around their business. In fact, some of them took it to an extreme. Some of them actually attacked and seized the servants that were just the messengers bringing them the invitation they treated them spitefully and the bible says they that in the story they they, they actually killed them they, they they killed the messengers and we know that jesus is telling a story that's very relevant to that day and age to where the prophets that have gone before the god's people those were the invited guests the jewish people uh that they missed out on the opportunity he invited them again and, and they treated it lightly they even attacked the messenger and so this time He says, okay, you go, send out more servants, and go anywhere and everywhere. Invite anybody and everybody that wants to come, both the good and the bad. And so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But then the king comes to see see the guests, and he saw a man who didn't have on the right attire, the right wedding garment. Says, friend, how did you even come in here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless, and this guy ends up getting kicked out of the party and sent away. And then verse 14 is where I wanna stick today. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, and few are chosen. And we can do a deep dive and talk about the elect or predestination, and I, for one, I, I believe we choose a free will God filled with benevolence and opportunity to come alive to him through the gift of Jesus, which is only by grace. But I love that thought of the many and the few. The invitation goes out to the many, but only a few show up for the opportunity. The many are invited, but only a few make the celebration. And I wanna ask you a question when it comes to the thought of the many or the few, is where are you on that spectrum? And I'm talking about every area of your life. Where's there been an invitation from God to come into an opportunity, which will end up being a celebration, but to show up, maybe to sacrifice time, attention, and dedication, to not be too busy, or to treat it lightly, to actually show up to the invitation God has given you, and what is stopping you from showing up? Are you one of the many, or are you one of the few? Now, we're coming in, it's hard to believe, we're mid-October, we're 80 days or so away from the end of the year, less than 80 days. Isn't that unbelievable? You would know, feel like, where did this year go? In 2020 and 2021, I was like, when will this year, year end? In 2022, I'm like, where did this year go? And I'm safe to say that the majority of us, um, there's probably some things that we're believing for this year, things we're desiring, areas of growth or opportunities that we were hoping for, things to come into alignment, maybe it's relationship, or maybe it's with your career, maybe it's with your own inner world, you've been believing for, and it hasn't happened yet in this season. And, but most of us, I think we need to know the way that God works is he doesn't just give us everything in the moment. He grows us moment by moment. In fact, every day you have an invitation from heaven called grace and mercy. That you woke up this morning and grace and mercy met you right by your bed and God was there and faithful and you have another day, it's an invitation to come and spend time with the king, to come and grow in the ways of the kingdom. Every day we have that opportunity, but most days, We choose it, hopefully. Some days, we don't. And the truth is, if you wanna see growth in your life, there's going to be a cost. Jesus says that there's a broad way. There's a broad way or a wide open space that many people go. And in fact, it ends in destruction. But there's a narrow path he talks about that leads to life. And few are those that find it. Over and again, Jesus will talk about the many and the few and where are you at are you just going down the road of least resistance are you just kind of missing the opportunities and the engagement and the invitation of every single day to grow or are you one of the few one that goes to me the narrow path the upward trajectory the climb that it takes to go to that life that god has for you i think every one of us would want a better life but what we really mean is we like an easier life and red-headed preachers included I would like some things to happen easier in my life. I feel like the, the, the most difficult parts of my life cost me the most and take the longest. Am I the only one that ever feels that way? That some of the things I've been believing for seem like they're always just one more step ahead or another sacrificial season away. And I wonder, God, why do you work this way? And Although his ways are not our ways, they're mysterious. He does reveal his nature and the way that he works through his word. And what we learn time and again is that there is always a cost to calling. There's always decisions and dedication needed for us to actually develop to be the kind of people we're called to be. Anyone can be the many, and anyone can be the few. The invitation's for everyone, but will you own the opportunity? I'm speaking today about your own growth, about your own maturing, about your own breakthrough. I would love to pray in a moment and get us all excited for a miracle to happen. And we believe and contend for every single one of those. At the end of the service, we'll pray for God momentum to show up where you feel like you've hit a dead end. But the truth is, more often than not, we just want something easier. But God's way doesn't, ways don't always work that way. He actually works through the difficulties that develop us. This is why you need to decide for yourself that you're going to be one of the few that you're gonna be the ones that owns the opportunity of the invitation every single day to grow and mature in your faith because no one can do that work for you. I I wrote it this way, many want what is easy, but few want what is actually better. And the better things, in fact the best things, normally come with a significant cost. They normally do. And the kingdom is better. In fact, the kingdom is best. A kingdom in your marriage, kingdom in your career, kingdom in your family, kingdom in your neighborhood, kingdom in your inside world. That's the best, but it normally has a cost. Jesus, again, broad is a way that leads to nowhere or to destruction. Narrow is the path and few to find it. The invitation today, be one of the few. Be one of the few that does things when no one is watching. Be one of the few that spends time with the invitation of the king to show up and spend time with the Holy Spirit and God's presence in God's word. Be one of the few. And although I am not promising that five days, Monday through Friday, of reading your Bible will bring breakthrough, I promise you a life committed to God's word will lead you more into the kingdom of God. It will take you up that narrow path to the life so we can be one of the few. Of course, in this story, it's allegorical. Jesus is talking about God's kingdom, and we know that God would be the king, and Jesus is the groom, and the invitation goes out to all the insiders, which would have been the Hebrew Jewish Israel, the people of Israel, and they didn't want in. And so he sends the servants again, and again, they are too busy to actually show up. And so all the uninvited, the the uninitiated, the outsiders, the Gentiles, are invited in. Even when the king says, hey, this is like a party you can't miss. The oxen, the fatted calf, fatted calf burnt ends. This is the best kind of party everyone knows is a free food kind of party. But they all made excuses. To be one of the few, I think you have to understand that many want to stay the same, but few choose to change. Change is a choice. Growth is a choice. It is not a one-time choice, it's an everyday choice. Every day the invitation comes knocking on the door, that do you wanna spend time with God? Do you wanna hear my voice? Do you wanna follow my ways? And by the way, I love that the invitation comes again, even at the first time where they don't get it right, which to me speaks, the God of all grace keeps showing up to invite you to the feast, invite you to the party, invite you to the banquet so that you can experience his best but many people want to stay the same. A few will actually choose to change. In verse three, it says they were just not willing to come. They they chose not to exercise their will to show up. They decided to work on something else. Recently, we uh, we moved into a new home, and uh, the front yard. In fact, the home's a, it's got a it's a it's a great home, but it's got a little fixer upper projects. It's way we decide to punish ourselves as the Turner family. Um, <laughs> But the front yard was an absolute nightmare. I promise you it was worse than your front yard. It was the worst front yard in all the Kansas City metro. It had been empty for a house. It had been empty for a while. And the people for uh, the neighbors told me they just didn't take care of anything. And there was, it was literally like, it was like a desert out there. All the other neighbors, just lush green yards. Here I am with this humble, meager, just patch of dirt. The only thing growing in there were were crickets. And I'm serious, like I've never seen this many bugs in my entire life. I feel like from the story of the exodus where the locusts were sent on Egypt, God picked them all up and generationally, they've been living on our front yard. If you had a cricket in your home, I guarantee it was born in my yard. And so I desire to add some value to the house. I desire to see some growth, so what do I do? I went out and, well, the cost of salad was insane. So that's the shortcut, I didn't take it. Uh, I decided to buy seed. and, And then I decided to spread the seed. And honestly, those are the easiest two parts, because after that, i got to water that seed. The house doesn't have sprinklers. By the way, all the neighbors do, but we don't. And so I am out there as a the sprinkler. And I know you're saying, Kyle, you're a 40-year-old 40, 40 dad. You probably love working on the yard. I do not. <laughs> not at all. But I want to have grass. And so I've decided, bought the seed, spread the seed, water the seed. The neighbors are like, I know they're laughing because I am out there every day that ends in Y watering that yard. This last week, I bet you I did 12 hours of yard watering. Early in the morning, late at night, I'm watering it with my tears now because I'm so frustrated. But I tell you this, over time, it didn't happen immediately, but two and a half, three weeks in, I've got grass. Oh yeah, let's just give God some glory for... It's amazing what I can get you to clap for, by the way. But buying it and spreading it were easy watering it daily is discipline water daily is an exercise of my will do i want to do it no but i want the result and i can't just water it once i got to do it every day it is the same with god's growth in your life that anybody can want something And anybody can say, yeah, I'll buy into that, or maybe I'll even do it once, but it's the dedication over time that produces growth. And there is more kingdom growth for your life. I hope your marriage is good. It can be great. I hope your family's growing. They can thrive even more. I hope your career is significant. It can get even better, but it will never happen if you just, you just dream about it, but you don't actually do it. They were not willing to come. We've gotta keep exercising our will. Will you buy in? Will you plant? Will you water? Will you do it again? Will you be patient, persistent, unpersuaded, knowing that it will produce the result? Now, I cannot make the seed grow. That is a miraculous thing that God worked into our world. And there's some part that's only in God's hand, but there's a whole lot that's in my hand as well. The same for you and I every area of our life. If you want it to grow, the invitation is always there. The invitation to show up, to spend time with the king. The invitation to be in his house. The invitation to share in his goodness. The invitation to know him better, but you've gotta choose it for yourself. We like to think it's seed time, then harvest, but the truth is is seed, then time, then dot, 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 you've gotta wait, then harvest. And some of you have planted that seed. You've been believing for something and this year has not gone the way that you thought it would go. The relationship hasn't gone the way you thought it would go. The career move hasn't worked out quite the way you thought it would go. But I tell you, if you'd be persistent to obey and to do and exercise your will to what God is wanting from you and for you, over time, you will see harvest. See, growth happens when change is chosen. There's a terminology that's been used kind of rampantly as we always do with business buzzwords in this day and age. But it speaks to the the lethargy right now in the American workforce, it's called quiet quitting. You might've heard of that. Quiet quitting either is you just don't show up, but for many people it means I'm only gonna do the bare minimum to get my paycheck. Anything and everything that's above my actual job description, I will not do it because it isn't written down. And people are walking away from careers, because it just seems unfulfilling. And I understand that it might be a better place for you. But one thing you will never have is momentum if you don't put your heart into something. Let me just see this from scripture, a little sidebar here. The Bible says you do your work unto the Lord as if like your boss is not your boss, God is your boss. And you might not like your boss, no amens from the staff over here. You might be overlooked by the company, but I promise you God is looking right at you. And if you will choose to bring your best, not even for them, but for him, I promise you over time that seed gets watered and it grows to something stronger and something better. But people are refusing to push past the bare minimum. They'll appear to be active during the work hours, but they're not aggressive for any results. I see it in not just the American workforce, I see it in the American church. They will show up to the bare minimum, will do the bare minimum, will lean in for the bare minimum. In fact, throughout the entire nation, in fact, the entire globe, through church, a lot of people have just quietly quit and left altogether because they just didn't see why it was worth it anymore. And I promise you, for every single person that feels like I'm one foot in, one foot out, if you will choose the narrow path and do the things God is asking of you, it will not happen immediately, but over time, you will see results. You will see more of kingdom come on the, uh, alive on the inside of you. But this thing we're called to grow is not easy. I'm not speaking about church, I'm speaking about your own fruitfulness and fulfillment in your life. In Acts chapter 14, the Apostle Paul was talking. And he is encouraging people. In fact, it says this in verse 22. He's strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And he said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. How many know that's not the most exciting scripture you've ever heard? But there's just hard things that you have to do that he says you must. You go through in order to get the best of what God has for you. Apostle Paul also says in 2 Corinthians four, these light and momentary struggles or afflictions or resistance or struggle, that they're, they're, they're temporal even though they're frustrating. They don't last forever. We're gonna go through some struggles. We're gonna have some resistance. We're gonna water the lawn a few times and not see any growth. We're gonna get in the word and not have it, something hop uh, 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 open up the inside of us and speak to us. We're going to pray and not see the pathway forward or the breakthrough one time or another. But the truth is, these light and momentary afflictions, he says, actually produce for us. It produces a glory that far outweighs them all. Even something, he says, that is eternal. It's just bigger and better than the here and now. A glory that outweighs them and lasts, one translation says, it lasts forever forever. So I can tell you the resistance you're feeling right now in your spiritual development, in your marriage, in your career, it's real. It's it's definitely real. But the reward on the other end of leaning in and accepting the invitation to keep showing up, the reward is real too. And it far outweighs the struggle that you're feeling. Kingdom growth isn't easy. Staying the same is very simple don't do anything out of inconvenience you want to stay the same spiritually don't do anything different than what you're currently doing never stretch never sacrifice never surrender more never serve just do nothing out of out of inconvenience but thriving isn't easy thriving has a cost And it's not that you have to live your life beat down. No, I think you can live your life built up because he has graced you for whatever you're grinding through right now. I think you can actually do it with a smile on your face, but there will always be a cost before you step into the fullness of your calling because anything that moves forward is gonna take effort and sacrifice. In a recent poll, they said that nine out of 10 people believe that their lives will be different and better in five years. Five years, there's better. Five years it's gonna I believe 90% of us, we believe it's gonna get better. Same poll. One out of three people say if they don't see immediate results, they quit. They, if they don't see immediate results for the effort, they give up and they try something else. We see this in career, we see this in diets, we see this in exercises. You paid three monthly payments of nineteen ninety-nine plus shipping and handling, but you still don't have abs because it didn't work the first time. But there's just something beautiful in the way the kingdom operates in consistency, in sacrifice, in surrender. And I know I'm preaching to a church that is consistent in showing up, consistent in praise, consistent in the word, consistent in connecting in small groups, consistent in generosity. And I just wanna remind you, there's something great on the other end. There's growth coming for those that keep going God's way and don't give up. We see it in our faith. When when something doesn't move forward immediately, we we wanna quit, but you have to learn to make that move and keep moving forward. Verse three says they weren't willing to come. Verse four says, again, the king extended the invitation. If you've given up on something in your life, in your faith, something you know that God has for you, the invitation still remains. By the grace of God, you can get up again. Second Peter chapter three, Apostle Peter said, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. But he says, as some understand slowness. What is he talking about there? Why is he writing this? Because people are wondering, where's God at? I planted the seed, I watered it twice, it hasn't grown. I spent time with him, I don't feel any better, I wanna try something else. People were struggling with that back then just as much as they are today. He wants you to know that God isn't actually slow. He's right on time. But his time isn't our time. People were frustrated that things weren't working, and they were wondering, is this faith life even worth it? But he says he's not slow. As we understand slowness, he's always right on time. And it goes on to say he is actually patient with you. This passage is speaking exactly to the fact that God wants everyone to come alive to Jesus. God wants everyone to be in relationship with him. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And as a believer, you got the biggest part figured out, that you've given your heart, your soul, your sin, your struggle to Jesus. You've got a relationship with God. You're gonna spend eternity with him. That's beautiful, but the same principle can be applied to the areas of growth and kingdom growth in our life that we understand that God just doesn't work on our timeline, but he is patient with us and he keeps extending grace to us so that we can grow. It says, come to repentance, which means to change direction. God has given you pace, he's been patient with you so that you can change. Everyone wants change, but few choose change. Be one of the few. Many make excuses, but few make decisions. The end of excuses starts today. Have the courage to stop making excuses. Courage is not the absence of fear, it's choosing to move forward in spite of fear. A lot of us make a lot of excuses. I, 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 I make excuses. I'm reading a book right now is really challenging me. It's like, just own everything. Just realize I'm, I'm the husband, I'm the dad, I'm the leader in the home. Um, something goes wrong, you could blame everyone else, but realize that's your house. You're the, you're the dude. Might as well own up to it. Comes to the church, a lot of the people do things they wanna do, say things they shouldn't say, treat people the wrong way. At the end of the day, I established the culture of this church. At the end of it all, I've gotta own the fact that I'm in charge. I know you all would wanna be on the platform preaching, probably none of you. But with this privilege comes responsibility. That I've gotta just choose that I'm going to own it. But people, we love to give a, we call it a reason the truth is it's normally an excuse. Reason, that means it makes sense up here. Well, why didn't you do that? Well, the thing happened, see what happened was, um, that person did this thing, and I didn't do that thing, and um, that's my reason, and there's some very valid reasons out there why people don't do some things, but when it comes to growing in the things of God, you have no reasons. You have no excuses. Yes, we're all busy. Everyone's busy. Well, we're not too busy to go 45 minutes, four and a half hours onto your social media. Like, we've got time. We've got time to do that which we think is have highest priority. So maybe our excuse is that we need to, to drop it in every excuse and realize we need to maybe be more dil- diligent in the priorities and the pace that we establish for our life. I, I think it's possible that your reason or your excuse to something that you are doing or not doing It's just something you've chosen to stay comfortable with instead of confronting it. And I get it, why why don't you grow in that area of life? Is it because of what you don't know or because of what you don't do? I realize there's some people that are brand new to church and brand new to faith in our church family. We reach people every single week from all different walks, coming back to God, first time salvations. It's a beautiful opportunity. But I would say for the most part, it's just Americans in church today, we have a whole lot more biblical literacy than we have activity. The fact is we know more than we do. So it is not what we know, it's what we do. 25% of Americans will go to the doctor for a sickness, 25% of them won't even get the prescription filled. They just think going, I have a doctor in the back shaking his head. One out of every four will realize something's wrong, they'll get a solution, and they won't do it. I think more Americans believe their doctor than they do Jesus. Like how many things do we know God wants to change, God wants to grow, God wants to mature, God wants to bless, God wants to take us on a path of fulfillment, a path that leads to life, and yet we've got to to choose it. Let this just be the season you finally Get rid of the reasons and the excuses and put them behind you. In 1 John, or sorry, the book of John, Gospel of John, chapter five, for time's sake, I won't read it, but we, we've looked at it recently before, but Jesus rocks up to the pool of Bethesda. There's a guy who's there has been sick, infirmed, crippled, or for 38 years? 38 years, and Jesus asks him a question, do you want to get well? Do you wanna get well? It seems like the most no-brainer question of all time. For 38 years in this, they believed in this moment that like the angels would stir the water. They had this supernatural, you know, kind of superstitious belief. And the first one in would get healing or be on their way to healing. Now historical theologians will tell you that the water outside the city would rush through and that would cause a swirling. There was not an angel, it was just a storm at the distance that caused the water to swirl. And this guy that said, in response to Jesus saying, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? He comes with excuses. like, I've got nobody to put me in the water. As soon as I try to get up, someone else cuts me off. Someone else gets in front of me. No one can help me or someone else is stopping me. Another person cuts me off. I think we often blame outward issues when really it's an internal struggle. Listen, there's real reasons why people struggle. There's family trauma and family pain. There's broken promises, I get it. There's life altering tragedy and we are there for it all as a church. You've got learning disabilities or you would just born into some brokenness. Maybe you gave into some addictions and time passes, cost you seasons in your life. All sorts of reasons why you could be in a struggle season. So you can acknowledge that it is not easy, but God works with your resistance and your struggle to actually produce a greater reward. I believe this. I believe that God will actually use what's working against you to strengthen you and actually be glorified through showing off in your situation. He will use it for your benefit. Romans 8, he works all things together for good. So even when someone broke your heart and someone broke their word and someone made you broke, the truth is God can use it for good. You don't grow muscles without heavy weights and you will not be strong and victorious in every area of your life without resistance. God can work that for your benefit. Give him the opportunity to be your heavenly father. Give him the opportunity to make up the difference. Give him the opportunity to be the difference maker. Because listen, you are called. You're called. You're called by God. You're called to have a great marriage. You're called to have significance and satisfaction in your work. I believe you're called to have blessing and favor and God show up and have more than enough. I think you're called to walk in generosity. I think you're called to be an example of God first to the world around you. I think you're called to leave a legacy on the earth. I believe you're called to have a destiny. Many are called, everyone has a calling, but few are chosen. Will we be one of the few? You're called. I think you've got to make the decision, I'm going to choose it. I'm not choosing excuses anymore. I'm not choosing to stay the same. I'm not choosing to slide into uh, the path of least resistance. I'll find that narrow road. And I will keep believing even when I haven't seen it work. I can tell you, you are standing right now in a miracle story. Our church, Liz and I moved up at Plaza on the movie theater. We didn't even get to that movie theater. Like People did not just show up. We had very, very little resources. In fact, if all of us took our loose change and cash in our pocket at both locations right now and put it in a bucket, that would have been our launch budget to start the church. We would have had more, promise you that. We didn't have any relationships here. And I'm not saying this about me, like, oh, look what I did, no. This should never have worked naturally speaking. But we don't just live according to nature. We have supernatural health. And by daily showing up, inviting a, a longest-tenured staff person with someone we met at Starbucks 12 years ago. Like, God just works, but we had to work as well. And I believe I'm in a church that's worked faithfully, sacrificially, consistently, over time. Jesus says the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Pray for more, and I've seen the few become the many. And I believe that even the many now, this is considered a few to the many more that God has in store for us. But everyone told us it would not work, and yet, look at our God. But we had to show up every day. Throw the seed, anyone can wanna start something, a career, a business, a relationship. Anyone can buy into that. You can sow the seed once, but you have gotta keep watering it. And some of you, because of frustration, you've turned off the tap. I'm telling you, turn it back on again. Keep watering, God is working. Be one of the few that keeps going even when you haven't seen results. I'd encourage you to jump in with us as a church, because some of you, the missing ingredient is to serve back, is to step in. I'd go to Next Steps today, it's not a class anymore, it's just a connection to get, get trained up online and a little bit more what we're about as a church. I said, be one of the few. Most churches in America, their, their serve teams have absolutely fallen apart. Ours have really resurged lately, because more people are just thinking about self then sacrifice and surrender. I'll encourage you, be one of the few. Watch and see what it does, not just in your church experience, what it does in your life. Because you're turning the water on and you're staying consistent. Obviously, this kingdom come offering for us to raise more money than we've ever raised before. It's like the worst financial climate since 2008 for us to do it. But our trust is not in the economy, it's in Christ. And so I get it, inflation can make you scared and rising pra- prices of gas and stock market plummet, all that stuff, I get it. God's gonna do it, but we gotta do our part. And so this is our opportunity to keep showing up, be one of the few. And whatever it is, whether it's a lack of choosing change or a reason or excuse that you've bought into, whatever's stopping you, we're getting rid of it today. Today is the last day that that excuse is valid in this house anymore because god has more for your life he has more in store for you the writer of hebrews in hebrews chapter 12 hebrews really is in a book it's a sermon it's one of the best sermons ever written and whoever wrote it didn't even sign their name to it so we don't even know who said it but we know that it's there to encourage people god's people jewish people all over that were serving jesus the early church they were facing unbelievable persecution and, and unbelievable light and momentary afflictions. And he says this, says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let's just stop on that right there. We cast off everything that hinders. What's been hindering you? What's been causing you not to show up and, and be one of the few? What's the, the excuse or the reason that hinders? Where's the frustration where you haven't seen your faith produce any result that hinders. Throw it off today. Leave the excuse here at church. Go back out into the real world where you live out your real faith for God to do something real and lasting through your life with no more excuses. We're gonna be one of the few. Especially the sin, he says. That that, that mistake we make or keep making that entangles us so that we can run with perseverance. Friends, this life with God, this kingdom life, it is not a sprint, it is a marathon. It is something you gotta keep showing up and there's a pace to this thing, but you gotta put one foot in front of the other, you gotta keep watering the lawn, you gotta keep moving forward and you will see a finish line one day called legacy, called destiny, called fulfillment of everything you've been believing for. And how do we run this race with perseverance? It's marked out for us. It's not for your neighbor, it's for you. It's not for your friend from high school, looks like she's got the perfect marriage. We know that ain't real because there's no perfect marriages. That's just Instagram lies. It's your race. It's your calling. It's your purpose. It's your story. It's what God has set out for you. How do we do it? By every one of us keeping our eyes on Jesus, not missing the invitation every day to engage with the one who wants to engage with you. He is the pioneer and the perfector. He is the author and the finisher. He is for you and he is with you. The more you keep looking to him daily and not to the lack of results, but to the one who can make up the difference in your life, the more you will see the miracle one day. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it will happen. Every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ. Keep your eyes on the promise, the promise keeper. Many want what is easy. Few want it what is better. Be one of the few just wants the better thing, knowing it won't be easy. Many will stay the same, but few will choose to change. Be one of the few that chooses to change today. Many will make excuses, but few will make decisions. Be one that decides, I'm going the narrow path. I'm going upward because it leads to life. This is a season where God is going to work through the few and do many things He's been wanting to do for a long time. I believe He's going to do that in your life. Amen. And the pause up north, would you stand to your feet, let me pray for you, then we're gonna worship for a moment. I don't know what you need to leave here today. I don't know what excuse you need to get over once and for all. I don't know what reason in your mind is something you believed has been the barrier from the blessing or the fulfillment of what you believe you're believing God for. I just know that God's grace, again, the invitation comes. Today's a brand new day. And let's leave it here today. No more excuses. You have god i know you might not have had a big head start or maybe you've been in a struggle season i promise you this you have god and in him you have everything you need for the life of godliness that he has for you let's get to work every day even when we don't see results we keep showing up let's bring our best knowing we won't get it right every single time we won't be perfect god's grace is sufficient for every one of our hang-ups and mishaps let's stay the course Let's be one of the few that find the narrow path that leads to life. Many are called, few are chosen. You choose today. You're going forward. You're moving into God's best for your life. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every heart, every marriage, every individual, every family in this house and in this church. God, I thank you. That the invitation came to us to be invited to the most amazing opportunity of all time to be with you, to know you. And God, you have more for us. For every one of us, I believe that there is more in store for every one of us. Lord, we've given up doing the work. We're getting back to work. We're choosing to do the things that you've called us to do. Lord, I thank you. We're going to do the things we know. And Lord, I thank you. You're going to do the things we cannot do on our own. Bring miraculous results when we bring our everyday best to you. God, I thank you. Excuses are gone today things that we blame for yesterday, those are behind us. We're looking to you, the author and the finisher. You started our life, you're gonna complete it. something beautiful. And Lord, I thank you, we're trusting in you. We're not looking at an economy, we're not looking at our history, we're not looking at our yesterday, we're not looking at other people as a problem, we're looking to our problem solving God, the author and the finisher of our faith. He who began this good work is faithful, to complete it would you grow us more into the people that see your kingdom established in our lives and through our lives like never before God I thank you for your grace that met us this morning would it lead us forward tomorrow to be the kind of people you've called us to be more fruit more blessing more fulfillment in the mighty name of Jesus do you receive that come on do you believe that today can we worship him for a moment let's give him our best